Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hello, and thanks for joining me again this week on Healing at the Speed of Light, your weekly laser therapy podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm a certified medical laser safety officer and a chiropractor, and I'm your host again today. I'm also the founder of Laser Therapy Institute. Laser Therapy Institute was founded to help providers learn more about how to utilize laser therapy in their practice so that we can have more experts out there delivering excellent laser therapy care. To find a clinic near you, you can go to lasertherapyinstitute.org or you can email us, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. Now today, though, I'd like to speak with you about low back pain and specifically low back disc herniations. Let's talk first about what is going on with a disc herniation. If you've heard that term before, what does that really mean? Well, we have to look at the anatomy of the lower back first. Now, in the lower back, you've got your spine. The spine provides the, well, we could say the backbone of your support for the body. And it's made up of these separate joined bones called vertebrae. And in between each vertebrae, there is a uh, somewhat squishy disc. And that disc is designed to provide support and mobility and cushioning for the lower back. The discs themselves are actually quite tough. They provide a lot of support while also providing mobility. But over time and with injuries, they can develop little cracks and fissures and they can start to leak. Inside of the disc is a jelly-like substance. And when that substance gets to the point where it can leak out of the disc, it can start to push against the nerves. The nerves that go down to your legs travel from the back, from the spine, out of the spine, and then down the leg. They go from there out to sensory nerves and motor nerves that control your muscles. But they go through a section of the spine that is quite narrow, and if a disc herniates, and leaks its insides onto that nerve or near that nerve, it can produce enormous amounts of pain and even weakness and drop foot where you can't elevate or lift up your foot. It can interfere with your sense of balance and your reaction speed, and it increases your fall risk. So in addition to being very, very painful, there's additional effects that can really impact the quality of life. The pain, though, is the main thing that sends people into the doctor to say, hey, my back hurts or this pain is running down the back of my leg. I can feel it down into my calf, sometimes even down all the way into the foot. And the pain typically gets worse whenever you lean forward, sometimes lean off to the side. Whenever you cough or sneeze, it can be very, very painful because it increases the pressure on the disc. And when you increase the pressure on the disc, it pushes more of that inside to the outside. And now the technical term here is a disc herniation because the insides of the disc have herniated out to the outside of the disc. It's not a herniation like uh, what we think about with an umbilical herniation or a inguinal herniation where some of the intestine has actually pushed out into the outer wall of the abdominal muscles or through the muscles of the groin. This is talking about the insides of the disc going to the outside of the disc, but it's still very much contained in the body. You can't feel these if you feel on on your back. You can't feel a herniation because it's in there very, very deep. 
but these motions, this leaning forward, lifting, coughing, sneezing, these things all will bother a disc herniation quite a bit. They can be kind of sneaky. They can start real gradually with just a little bit of lower back pain, and then one little motion, like bending forward to tie your shoe, can really set this whole process in motion. Because like I mentioned before, this oftentimes starts with little cracks, little injuries, little fissures to the outside edge of this disc that gradually allows that disc to bulge and then the insides to end up herniating through uh, once, they're, once the disc is loaded or injured or twisted incorrectly. So what do most of us do when something like this happens? Well, we usually go to the doctor. There's a lot of back pain. There's pain running down the leg. Maybe you're even noticing weakness or you're stumbling. You're having trouble really doing uh, things like even sitting for a longer period of time, driving. So you go to the doctor. The doctor says, oh, well, this looks like it might be a disc issue. Let's get an MRI. Now, an MRI is where you go into that tube and there's a clanging sound. takes about a half an hour and it gives you pictures of what your spine looks like, including the disc and where the nerve is. And it also shows us how big this disc herniation might be. So then your doctor gets the results and goes, oh my gosh, you've got a huge disc herniation. You need, say it with me, surgery, right? That is very much a typical response, sometimes even for a small disc herniation, but especially for a large disc herniation, um, your doctor many times will go, wow, that definitely looks like something we need surgery for. Then you're referred to the surgeon. The surgeon sees the MRI, says, yes, you have pain. Let's go ahead and get that surgically taken care of. However, there are more factors at work here than that very simple presentation. What I just gave you was the typical progression of care. But the rate of spine surgery in the United States is the highest in the world approximately five times that of England or Scotland, other developed countries. That is a direct quote from this article that I'm bringing to you today. A little bit of extra research, new research, actually published just this year in the Global Spine Journal. The title of the study is, Does Size Matter? An Analysis of the Effect of Lumbar Disc Herniation Size on the Success of Non-Operative Treatment. That's a little bit of a suggestive title there, Does Size Matter? But they're looking at does a large disc herniation always really require surgery? Clearly, something is going on here in the United States. If we have a five times higher rate of spine surgery than everyone else, what's happening with that? Why, why is that? So these Harvard Medical School scientists, uh, surgeons actually, went after this whole idea that a large disc herniation should have to have surgery. Let me read you what they said. They say, some surgeons use the size of a lumbar disc herniation to determine whether or not a patient will ultimately fail non-operative management and require surgery. Perhaps this practice is the result of an underlying belief that spontaneous resolution of large herniations is rare and will ultimately require surgical intervention. Regardless, the literature is controversial at best in its support of utilizing disc size to inform surgical management of lumbar disc herniations. Unless patients are suffering from exigent conditions such as cauda equina syndrome or a profound or progressive neurological deficit necessitating immediate surgery, most patient symptoms resolve without significant intervention. Let me get a little bit more simplified version of that for you if that's all right. Basically, it doesn't matter 
how big the disc herniation is, despite what your doctors might think, many times there's not any evidence to suggest that a large disc herniation always needs surgery. And unless you are experiencing an actual emergency level of loss of bowel or bladder control or severe weakness, most of those symptoms will resolve without significant intervention. Significant intervention being surgery. As a matter of fact, these doctors go on to say that even massive disc herniations can be successfully treated conservatively, meaning that patients without those red flags of the loss of bowel or bladder control or, or the major weakness, patients without those red flags should always undergo six weeks of non-operative management before surgery is even considered because over 90% of lumbar disc herniations will resolve on their own, especially if it's coupled with good conservative care. And what do we mean by conservative care? That means non-surgical care. That means physical therapy. That means chiropractic. That means laser therapy, right? These Harvard doctors go on to say that in their study they did, only 8.7% of the patients analyzed actually required surgery. And that was with even enormous disc herniations, some of which were so big they almost completely filled the area where the nerve goes through. And that is amazing. We're talking six weeks of conservative care can make all the difference between having surgery, invasive surgery that carries risks and side effects and ongoing problems potentially afterward. Six weeks of conservative care should be considered for almost all lumbar disc herniation patients. Let me give you a couple of examples. In the last year or two, I've had two specific cases of lumbar disc herniation patients with um, significant large herniations that ended up getting their MRIs, getting sent to the surgeon. The surgeon said, yes, you need surgery, probably need a fusion of the spine where they use hardware, permanent in-place hardware, to prevent that section of the spine from even moving. And these patients were really hesitant to go to that, especially because they were fairly young. One is about 35 and the other one is about 55. So both young, otherwise healthy, otherwise the spine on both of these patients looked pretty good. So to jump right into a fusion type surgery was just something that they realized was probably not the greatest if it could be avoided. Now, neither one of them were in this emergency category where they had a loss of bowel or bladder function, but both of them had weakness in the leg that was affected um, and significant amounts of pain when they came to see me. And what we did with both of those patients is we started with a six-week conservative care plan that included exercise and chiropractic and laser therapy. And both of them had rapid improvements within, I mean, within a week were feeling better and have continued to get better since then and are no longer considering surgery. As a matter of fact, they are rapidly regaining strength and doing great and doing the things they want to do. If you're in this situation or if you know someone who's in this situation, they've maybe just discovered that they have a lumbar disc problem, they're in a lot of pain and they're going straight to the surgeon, get involved. Help them find somebody who can do good conservative care. It is worth a trial of conservative care, whether that is physical therapy or chiropractic. Sometimes even massage therapy can be helpful, especially when coupled with exercises. But laser therapy has been shown in many, many cases 
to be very helpful with low back pain and disc injuries and helping to resolve disc injuries, in some cases even helping to repair the disc itself. But Doc, what about my really big disc herniation? Well, these guys say that there is no correlation between the size of a disc herniation and the likelihood that a patient will require surgery after they've had their six weeks of non-operative management. They say the vast majority of patients experienced a resolution of their symptoms with conservative management, that good non-operative care. And while we all want to feel better as quickly as possible, these doctors say that this should be a reminder for clinicians and patients to exhibit patience in the treatment of lumbar disc herniations. This can't be just done with overnight. Even if you have surgery, many times people are left with ongoing pain and every time that there is some kind of surgical process, you run the risk of having ongoing problems with arthritis and degenerative changes. And once that starts into the back, it tends to be progressive. So I'd highly encourage you to get evaluated by a laser therapy expert. In many cases, especially here in the United States, lower back surgeries are overutilized. They're performed in cases when they really are not necessary. In some cases, to a great detriment to the health of the patient. In some cases, not. Many times, they go just fine, at least in the short term. But if there is a non-operative option, especially one with great science behind it, like physical therapy and laser therapy, definitely get evaluated by someone who knows their stuff for lumbar disc herniations. If you need an expert opinion, please go to lasertherapyinstitute.org. The link is in the show notes. You can go there and see if we have a clinic near you. And if we don't have a clinic near you, please message us. Get a hold of us. Let us know what's happening. And we will see if we can find somebody that can help you. But if you are a patient with this low back disc injury that you know is a problem that you've seen it on MRI and your doc goes, man, that's a huge disc injury. We need to have surgery. There may be other choices. There may be other options that could be viable, good options for you, even better options than surgery. So thanks for joining me this week, and I'll look forward to seeing you again next week. It will be our first podcast of the new year. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.